As a friend of God, you are no longer a stranger. You are no longer a servant, but you are a companion to Christ. You are dear to Jesus. You are his beloved. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the week of May 9th, 2021. This is the sixth week of Easter, and today we hear a message from Pastor Seth Mormon entitled Friends of God, based on John chapter 15. The key verses for the message are in the show notes. Today's message was recorded live at Bethany. Names are something that are important. Names convey relationship. They give identification. They provide context. And names can even inform behavior. Do you know what your name means? My name, Seth, means appointed or placed. In the Bible, Seth is the third son of Adam and Eve, and the Lord placed him into that first family after the devastating encounter between Cain and Abel. Now, when I was young, I hated my name. There was no one else around who had my name. I wanted just some normal, regular name, but no, my parents of the 70s decided they would go off the board a little bit. Some people couldn't pronounce it. I've been called all sorts of things. Steph, Zepp, Beth, all sorts of things. I've learned to love my name. I really have. But I also go by other names. At home, I'm Dad. I'm Honey. Sometimes I'm that dreaded person in the house named somebody, meaning, will somebody please get me some toilet paper? <laughs> Every once in a while, I'm called, uh, hey, you, over there. As a child, there was one name that I never wanted to be called. It was Seth Jared Mormon. When you got that middle name, you knew you were in trouble. Still brings a little anxiety inside of me. I have other names that I go by. In my life, I've been called coach. I've been called pastor. I've been called Mr. Mormon by a lot of my students. But I've also been called friend. And the last one holds a pretty special place in my heart. In the summer of 1990, I was called uh, to work as a camp counselor at Arrowhead Lutheran Camp. And at the end of our first week there, our staff orientation and training week, everybody on staff got a new name. And at Arrowhead, everybody went by camp names. Most of the, the names had roots in Native American culture, and the name that was given was not chosen lightly. Each name was important. Each name conveyed relationship, gave identification, provided context, and even informed behavior. Years later, as the program director at Arrowhead Lutheran Camp, I had the honor and the privilege to give names to many different people. But my first year, I was given a name. That name is Manuka. I was told it had its origins in the tribes of the Great Plains, and its meaning was 
a friend. Many people who know me and encountered me from camp uh, have a hard time calling me by any other name. To call me Seth or Mr. Mormon or, or anything, they know me as Manuka. Like my former students, even though they might be in their 30s, can't call me by my first name, I go, it's okay, you can call me Seth. Nope, Mr. Mormon, that's okay. Most of my camp family only know me as Manuka. It's a, a name that not only identifies me, it has informed my behavior, it conveys relationship, it gives me context. Today I wear one of my old camp name tags around my neck. And it reminds me of a lot of different things. Not only the name that was given to me, the piece of, of cedar that it was cut from came from the property at Arrowhead Lutheran Camp. For many years on, the, on my office at camp, uh, the nameplate simply read Manuka. I still have this nameplate up in my office to remind me every day who I am. For all intents and purposes, I am Manuka. I am a friend. Now, when I was about 20 years old, in an attempt to, to sanctify the name just a little bit, I wanted to connect it to a Bible verse. So I got my Bible out, and I was sitting at the campfire circle surrounded by pine and cedar trees, and I was searching through the Bible page by page. Now, remember, this was the days before the internet. I couldn't just Google a few things and come up with it, all right? And I came across Proverbs 17, 17, which reads, a friend loves at all times. And for years, I still sign cards at the bottom, Proverbs 17, 17. And I took that verse to, to be sort of a life verse for me. And it meant a lot to me in that moment. As someone who had been named friend, I was called to be a friend and to love others. That's what friends do. But looking back, I think there was probably a lot more to that name than I ever knew. So much more to that verse. More about that later. Today, our gospel lesson from John, the 15th chapter, we hear the topic of friendship being brought up by Jesus. I invite you to look at verses 13 and 14 of John chapter 15. Jesus said, the greatest love you can show is to give your life for your friends. You are my friends if you obey my commandments. So what does it mean to be a friend of God? Well, I think it's important for us to take a quick trip to the Old Testament to see others who were called God's friends. As you look through the Old Testament, we really only find two people who were explicitly called a friend of God. Let me read from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 7. Didn't you know our God forced those who are living in this country out of Israel's way? Didn't you give this country to the descendants of your friend Abraham to have permanently? From Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. But you are my servant Israel, Jacob whom I have chosen, the descendant of Abraham, my dear friend. Abraham, he's one of those big guys in, in the Old Testament. Remember, Abraham himself had his name changed. 
it was Abram, which means exalted father, and it was changed to Abraham, which means the father of many. Because of the relationship that God had with Abraham, Remember, he brought him out. He said, look at all of the stars in the sky. If you can count them, see their vast array, your descendants will be greater than these. Look at the sand on the seashore, how many grains there are. If you could even count them, your descendants will be more than these. The name Abraham had a special relationship with God, and it even informed his behavior. But there's another person who, who the Old Testament refers to as a friend of God. This is recorded in Exodus chapter 33. The Lord would speak to Moses personally, face to face, as one speaks to his friend. Moses was a friend of God, one who had an intimate relationship with him. Moses means to be drawn out. As he was drawn out of the water, as he was drawn out of hiding, as the people were drawn out into the promised land, Moses was a friend of God. And now for Jesus to say to his disciples and to us today through the word that is recorded, we, that we are not servants but we are friends where there has only ever been two others in all of Scripture to be called friends should be something that is astonishing to your brain. You are a friend of the Lord. What God called Abraham, what God called Moses, God in Christ calls you. You are a friend of God. This is a, a, a fantastic, um, an amazing name, and it's rich with Old Testament meaning. Remember, names are important. We don't have time to go into the, all the theology of names. We could spend weeks on it. But names convey relationship, give identification, provide context, and inform behavior. When Jesus calls you a friend, it means that the way that he views you is the same way that he views Abraham, and Moses. He views us as those he walks with and talks with face to face, those who are faithful, those who have been called according to his purpose. To be called a friend of God is a remarkable claim that God makes upon you. Let's get back to our text. Some struggle with verse 14, which in English appears to be a, a conditional statement of relationship. You are my friends if you obey my commandments. Well, I hate to break it to you. Remember, the Bible was not written in English, and English does us no favors in translation right here. If you dig into the original language, if you really see uh, where, where, where Jesus is going with this, you got to kind of take the whole context of John chapter 15 to understand what this commandment is, what this idea of relationship is all about, and, and maybe a, a way you could translate it, Jesus says, you, each and every one of you, are my friends. I have chosen you. I have called you to be my friend, and as my friends, we love. We love each other. 
This is what I have appointed you to do. I have called you to do. You know the word commandment we see as rules. But that's not the, 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 what John is getting to here as he expresses Jesus' words. It's the same way in the Ten Commandments, isn't it? We read those Ten Commandments, you did it here in worship already, and you probably already think there's another list of things I got to do. But to understand the Ten Commandments properly, we got to remember the first word of relationship. As the Lord says, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Therefore, in this relationship, you would never imagine to have any other gods. And all of the rest that follow are conditions upon the relationship. Same here in John chapter 15. To see it outside of context, you might see that there is a condition placed upon our relationship. But what Jesus is talking about is love. The love that you receive from one another, the love that maybe you have received from your mother. Listen to Jesus' words a few verses later. I have appointed you to go to produce fruit that will last and to ask the Father in my name to give you whatever you ask for. Love each other. This is what I am commanding you to do. In the context of relationships, this name friend informs our behavior and we love. As a friend of God, you are no longer a stranger. You are no longer a servant, but you are a companion to Christ. You are dear to Jesus. You are his beloved. And if names inform behavior, Jesus reminds us that friends don't act contrary to the relationship. As friends, friends of Jesus, we love as he loves. And God chooses to love everyone. And he appoints us to love and to bear fruit. Back to my camp name. As someone who is named friend, I now see a deeper and a richer connection than I had 30 years ago sitting amongst a bunch of pine trees. Then I perhaps only saw my name as friend as something that might inform my behavior. But I think I missed the title and the name that was bestowed upon me, for it conveys relationship. I thought that I was doing something for God using Proverbs 17, 17, that if I loved my campers and that was all that there was, that I was doing the right thing. And don't get me wrong, loving my campers and loving others is a good thing, but it's not the only thing. Because there were times I didn't love my campers. There were times I haven't loved some of my friends. There have been times when I have not loved my kids. Now, I love them, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I'm not pretty, I'm not happy with them. But it goes deeper than that. There are times I have not felt lovable. There are times when I have flat out hated others, and I'm not proud to admit it. And when I hear the verse of, from Proverbs, a friend loves at all times, perhaps I've missed the primary meaning of that verse. 
perhaps the writer is not really talking to me, but referring to him. Perhaps the writer of Proverbs is referring to Jesus. Could this verse be more about Jesus and his relationship with me, that he loves me at all times because he has called me friend? He has chosen me when I choose the world. Perhaps there's something more than simply informing my behavior. I remember back in seminary as we were struggling with a text, as we were looking at God's word, that when you're trying to figure out who the subject of the passage is, it's always the best bet to, to say it's Jesus first. But all too often we run to ourselves. When we see this verse as Jesus as the subject, it's the Messiah, the chosen one, Christ, Emmanuel. Yes, he's got a lot of names too. He is the friend who loves at all times. He loves when I am unlovable. He loves when I have gone astray. He loves when I have turned my back, when I engage in the things of this world that I am not proud. He loves when I do not. Jesus, the friend of sinners, loves at all times. He loves you when you feel unworthy of love. He loves you when Satan accuses you, tries to convince you that you are only an enemy of God. He loves you when you love the world more than him. He loves you and he chooses you again and again and again. And by what Jesus has done on the cross and through that open tomb, you are forgiven and you are called his friend. And as deep and as personal as that is, friends, it's even deeper. For those who have come to the waters of baptism, you have been given another name. That day when water and word were combined, when that water was poured over you and the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit came upon you and claimed you as a child of the King, you were given a new name. In those waters you were buried with Christ and when you arose you became united with Jesus, the friend of sinners, and you live even as he lives. You see, a friend loves at all times. Jesus loves at all times. He loves the sinner and the outcast, the young and the old, the poor and the wealthy, Republican and Democrat, Dodger fan and Angel fan, even Red Sox and Yankee fans too. He loves the person who looks different than you, speaks a different language than you, makes different decisions that you might vehemently disagree with. He loves those gathered inside the sanctuary, those gathered outside, those gathering online, and those whom shadow has never darkened the doorway of a sanctuary. Once we understand this relationship, we can be informed. Our behavior might be changed for Christ has called us to love them too. Those who we do not agree with, Jesus loves them. Those who we might be angry with 
or never spend time with or think who are unworthy of our love, let alone God's, Jesus loves them. And he appoints you to love them too. What does this friendship look like? Back to our text. The greatest love you can show is to give your life for your friends. It's exactly what Jesus did for you. Even while you were a sinner, Christ laid down his life for you. Even while you might love the world more than him, he laid down his life for you. While you might follow after other things that are, that are uh, more captivating, the, the carnal natures of this world, Jesus laid down his life for you. He was crucified and punished. He hung on a cross. His father forsook him and he died. And in that moment, he exchanges places with you because you are his friend and he provides you all that you need. Sounds a lot like what we heard last week as Jesus being our good shepherd. Another name for Jesus. Names are important. They convey relationship. They give identification. They provide context. They inform behavior. So whether you are called mom or dad, professor, doctor, honey, somebody, hey you, you're also called a friend of God. His name has been placed upon you. And being a friend of God is good news to our ears. For our friend Jesus gave up his life for you so that you might be his friend forever. And we might lay down our lives and love at all times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, friend of sinners, we thank you for establishing relationship with us. Even though we are not very good friends, even though we turn and go astray, we walk away, we love things that we shouldn't, Lord, you love us no matter what. Lord, for the times that we have turned away, we ask for your forgiveness. For the times that we have loved those things of the world more than you, we're sorry. Forgive us. And Lord, now appoint us to lay down our lives so that many may know the friendship that comes in Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. A video archive of our online worship services, including today's message, can be found on our YouTube channel and at www.bethanylutheran.org. Links for both of these are in the show notes. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. Join us next week as Pastor Kevin Kreitzer shares a message with us.